Welcome to Onco Farm. I'm your host, John Bazara. I'm a professor of pharmacy practice here at our supporting sponsor of Onco Farm, ETSU's Bill Gatt College of Pharmacy. Today I've got a couple um, supportive care clinical trials to talk about um, that have, have kind of just come out recently. Uh, so it really convenient for me uh, that uh, there's a nice theme to this. So we're going to dig right in. First, we're going to start with the SPARED study, where you're trying to spare the amount of dexamethasone as an antiemetic. Um, so as a, a brief kind of overview, our highly emetogenic chemotherapy with cisplatin, we typically will do four-drug cocktail with um, 5-HT3 antagonists like ondansetron, a neurokinin-1 antagonist like aprepotent or phosaprepotent, dexamethasone, and olanzapine. Now the dexamethasone, olanzapine, and NK1 antagonist are not just for acute, but for also preventing delayed nausea and vomiting, which cisplatin can do for, for several days afterwards. So this, uh, the SPARED study is from Japan, and it's specifically looking at two groups, D1, D4, one day of DEX or four days of DEX. This is uh, a Japanese study uh, out of uh, the nation of Japan. Um, almost 200, um, uh, or almost 150 people per arm, and they're all getting palonostron 0.75 milligrams IV, a little bit higher dose, uh, either aprepotent or phosaprepotent. Key thing here, if you're getting a prepotent, it's 125 by mouth on day one, 80 on days two and three. If it's phosaprepotent, they got 150 IV on day one. The reason that's important is there's a, a drug interaction between a prepotent, phosaprepotent, and dexamethasone. And if you do the a prepotent 125, 80, 80, you do your dex dose once a day for those four days. If you do phosaprepotent, it's a one-time dose on day one, your dexamethasone dose on days three and four actually should be twice a day. Um, and that wasn't accounted for in one of the major olanzapine studies. Not sure that that was accounted for here because they're all getting the same, either dex on day one or, or dex on day four. Uh, and they're getting 6.6 milligrams IV um, uh, on uh, days one and two and 3.3, 3.2 on days three and three. So they did account for this in a study. Kudos to these guys. Um, love to see it. Um, and they're getting olanzapine five milligrams on days one to four, which is a decent dose, not the original dose, but a good dose of olanzapine here as well. And again, the whole point of this study is, listen, we've given DEX for multiple days for years and years and years for cisplatin, uh, chemotherapy induced nausea. Then we had the NK1 antagonist, and now we had olanzapine. So um, there's kind of a history of this you know, in oncology. If you go back to the ALL literature, we do clinical trial after clinical trial after clinical trial, answering one simple question at a time until we can cure 90 to 95% of kids with ALL. And then the questions start being asked, well, can we still maintain those great cure rates but have less, less toxicity? And in the same vein, the authors are asking, can we still have great emetic control but, but spare patients from three days of dexamethasone and, and hyperglycemia and immunosuppression potentially, and um, uh, especially if you're considering an immune checkpoint inhibitor along with your chemotherapy? Um, so asking a, a, a good question, right? And this is, a, this is not an industry-sponsored study. This isn't to get a drug on the market. It's asking a very simple question. Can we give less dex with cisplatin, uh, highly metagenic chemotherapy? Uh, so anyway, really, I think, really nicely designed study. Um, most of these patients uh, are, are male. Most of them had esophageal cancer, which is probably um, uh, retro, you know, representative of the Japanese population. I, I was told years ago it's because I drink a lot of hot beverages, uh, tea, sake, I don't know, but 40% of patients here having esophageal cancer is surprising. 25% um, head and neck, 18, 20% lung cancer, and then a few gastric cancers. 
Uh, 80% are getting cisplatin at a dose of 70 milligrams per meter squared or higher. So we're getting some high dose cisplatin here. Um, and I'm just gonna cut to the chase here. Our primary endpoint, which is pretty common these days in anti-medic studies, is complete response, which is no emesis and then no use of rescue medication for nausea. You know, we tell patients, if you have nausea, take medication at the first sign of nausea, because the longer you wait, the harder it can be to treat the nausea. So um, you can't really me objectively measure nausea, but you can objectively measure, did they take a drug for it? So now, dexamethasone on day one, everyone got, and that's gonna help with the acute nausea and vomiting. Um, the difference is one group only got one day of dex, the other group got four days of dex. So our acute complete response rates are the same. 96.4% versus 97.1%, no difference. Wouldn't expect it. If there was a problem, it would be in the delayed phase. And this was a non-inferiority study with a, a non-inferiority margin of 15%. In the delayed setting, so complete response in the delayed, uh, so days two through five, 79.7% with D4 versus 75% with D1. So it's a, a drop of almost 5% uh, by omitting those three days of DEX. Uh, and then when you add that up, you have overall, so you add the acute and the delayed, you have 79% complete response versus 72.8%. So this did not meet you know, our non-inferiority margin. There was poor emetic control in patients if they had just three days of dex, okay? Now, it wasn't ho like horribly less. It didn't drop from 75% to like 40%. It did drop a little bit. And in fact, if you look at the percentage of people overall who had no vomiting, it's in the delayed setting, 94.9% versus 94.9%. It's the same. Overall, 94.9% versus 94.1%. You know, this is a cisplatin-based regimen, and we're, we're omitting de dex on days two, three, and four, and still 95% of people are not vomiting. Like, we've come a long way in our medic care, and it's a really important counseling point if you're doing chemo education, is what you see in Hollywood is not what you get. Vomiting rates of, of less, you know, of like 5% with our, our most emetogenic chemo is what we see here. So we've come a long way, and the authors say, yeah, we shouldn't obviously jump to just one dose of dex for everyone with cisplatin-based chemotherapy. But if you have someone who has a history of corticosteroid-induced uh, you know, dysphoria or horrible insomnia or really bad diabetes, it does make sense maybe to try and omit that, that dex on days two, three, and four. So this is the SPARED study, really good study, uh, one that, you know, that we should talk about um, when we, we think about anti-medics, add some really good evidence to, to what we know and ask a good question. Well done study, we get a good answer. Um, they did some really good quality of life um, measures as well that I won't get into, but one of the other detriments of dropping decks was there was uh, um, kind of a negative effect on appetite uh, and appetite loss by only getting one day of decks. So that's the spared study. The second and final study I'll talk about today is DETORCH, DETORCH. I believe I talked about this maybe on the ASCO Appetizers um, episode back in June, talking about some of the smaller studies that came out of ASCO. I think that's where I've talked about this. But this is looking at topical diclofenac to prevent capecitabine-induced hand and foot syndrome. Uh, you know, there's a study with a urea-based cream that shows no difference versus placebo. There's a study with a urea-based cream that did show some benefit versus uh, an antioxidant uh, control. Uh, there is some positive data for celecoxib, systemic celecoxib, uh, at, at helping to prevent capecitabine-induced hand-foot syndrome. 
the theory being that as this inflammation happens from Cape cytobine, that COX-2 is what mediates that by blocking COX-2. You could block that. <clears throat> so topical diclofenac is an inset, right? So it'll block the effects of, of COX-2. And what they're doing here is they're giving somebody one gram twice a day on their hand. So it's really looking at, I guess, just hand syndrome, not hand and foot syndrome, <laughs> if you're just using it on the hand. Um, so it's one gram, and actually if you buy diclofenac gel, which is available over the counter here in the United States, you go in and buy it, there's a little dosing card where you kind of like, it's almost like a toothpaste tube, and it's like you could do the whole strip is four grams, half the strip is two grams, so then half of half the strip, or a quarter would be one gram. So there's a little dosing card about how to do this. And then they're taking this um, twice a day for 12 weeks, and that's the end point for these folks taking, um, taking Cape Cytobine. Uh, they have a, you know, they're, they're looking at trying to get 80 or 264 patients, 80% power to detect a 15% difference in the rate of, of grade two or three hand foot syndrome. So not looking at grade one, but a more serious grade two or grade three where we're really starting to impact quality of life. And their estimate is it's going to be 30% in the placebo group. Can we cut that to 15% with diclofenac gel? Uh, these patients, uh, they're randomized, uh, uh, you know, one to one, about 130 diclofenac, about 130 getting placebo. Uh, they're getting this is uh, this study was done in India, by the way. Most of these folks uh, half have stage four disease, and the reason I, I point that out is that our dose of capecitabine that's given per day is 1,800 milligrams per meter squared, which is a little bit lower than what you would expect. FDA approved dose is 1,250. The dose we use in the states is a gram per meter squared per dose. Sorry, not per day. Uh, so, um, or sorry, it'd be one gram per meter squared per dose, so two grams per day. This is 1,800, a little bit lower. You know, when you do the calculation, if it's in the metastatic setting, you'll often round down to the nearest dosage form, and they may have done some more of that. So they're not maybe getting super aggressive capecitabine dosing, but that's okay. More than half are also getting capecitabine in conjunction with something else um, as well. Most of these patients had breast cancer, and the rest had a GI cancer. So our rates of grade two and three hand foot syndrome with the diclofenac gel, remember they're looking, can we take it from 30, 30%, 30 to 15%? Well, it goes from 15% with placebo down to 3.8% with diclofenac. So there already was a lower rate than expected of serious hand foot syndrome, which is why I point out the dosing of Cape Cytobine up front, but still very low rate of, of severe hand foot syndrome, less than 4% in those that got uh, topical diclofenac. Um, you know, you can get this, uh, a tube of this uh, for like 10 bucks um, at, at your local pharmacy, the generic form, um, you know, and if, that, if that's a 30 gram tube, that would last you about two weeks. So you're looking at, you know, 20, 30 bucks a month to help prevent this. Certainly reasonable for a lot of folks, something that I think people will start to, to, to incorporate as, as standard of care uh, because it's, it's inexpensive, it's safe, it's, it's a topical, uh, so you wouldn't expect any systemic adverse effects or any detriment of, of the effect of the capecitabine uh, and, and putting that into order sets and things like that. So uh, really, really good supportive care study. You know, one of our big things as oncology pharmacists, if you are an oncology pharmacist like me or your physician, nurse, uh, physician's assistant helping take care of patients, we all want to make uh, this, this um, you know, the most challenging part of their life for many of them, their cancer treatment, to be as bearable as possible. And these are two studies that I think inform us a bit better about how to do that. So, uh, and those links will be in the show notes. So thank you for listening and uh, subscribing, I guess, and liking and all that good stuff. You can follow me on the app formerly known as Twitter at FarmDeetNib. 
And you can follow the podcast on both X, Instagram, and threads at Uncle Farm Pod. And until I talk to you again, remember, doses matter.